1: You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. It's Monday, the 8th of May. That's the date today when I'm recording this, 2023. And uh, listeners, I don't know if you noticed, but at the weekend on Saturday, that was Saturday the 6th of May. Check out my counting abilities, backwards counting. Uh, Saturday the 6th of May, it was the coronation of King Charles Third, And I thought, oh, okay, probably should do a podcast episode about that, right? It was quite an interesting event. I don't know if, listeners, you managed to see it on television where you were, or maybe you caught some of the footage on the internet or something like that. Anyway, I thought that it would be a good topic to cover. So who better to talk to than my mum and dad? We talked together on the podcast when Charles became king. Pro- I mean, when he first became king, it seems he's become king twice. I don't know how that's possible. But he became king when, his, when, his, when the queen died, but then he had to become king officially.
2: No, he didn't.
1: No, he didn't. All right. So anyway, let's talk to my mum and dad about the coronation of King Charles III. Hello, you two.
2: Hello, Luke. Hello, Luke.
1: Hello how are you?
2: We're all right. How Fine. are
1: you? Very well, yeah. thanks. Very well. Good. So mum, you just corrected me there. Yes. I, I said that King Charles became king when the Queen died, but yeah. then the coronation happened, he became king again. And you said, no, he didn't. What did I get wrong?
2: He became king the moment the Queen died. Right. A spiritual thing went from the queen to him and he became king. He didn't need to be to be crowned. It just happened. So he didn't need to have a a coronation at all. He wanted to have one so he had one.
0: It's traditional and I know it's a good excuse for a bit of a party
2: and spend millions of pounds. <laughs> Wait a minute. So
1: if he didn't need to if that didn't need to happen Mm. Well, I mean, you may have just answered that question. Why did it happen? But I mean, all the stuff that there were things that happened in the ceremony that seemed to Mm. be very sort of significant and spiritual, right? Like (laughs) there was an anointing and there were sort of, there was a whole religious spiritual aspect to it with like holy, holy oil and magic, magic hats and
2: things. Magic (laughs) swords and and magic.
1: Loves. don't mean to be disrespectful but yes sort of special magic um objects and things were, were involved um okay should we start at the start let, let's start at the start um dad what actually happened on saturday i have just said but i'll let you say it again because you're probably better at this than me okay
0: so. um it rained uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. apparently this is traditional on coronation days it it, it rained on elizabeth's coronation day and I think ones before that, Victoria's, and so on. So traditional that it reigned. Uh, it was um, a long and elaborate ceremony um, with thousands and thousands of people um, queuing overnight to get good positions. And uh, what happens is that the coronation happens in Westminster Abbey. Um, the king and his queen consort, now the queen.
2: She was the queen then.
0: Yeah. Um, they kept calling her the Queen Consort on the telly, but and then, they, all of a sudden then suddenly they're calling her Queen, the Queen Camilla. Anyway, um, this was a ceremony, a public ceremony, so that, um, even though he was already the king, this was the coronation. Uh, so a public ceremony. And they, um, they got into a rather fancy coach. Um, which was not the one which is the Golden Coach, but it was called the Jubilee Diamond Jubilee Coach. There's quite a lot of gold
1: on it, though, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, it had a bit of gold on the top.
2: There was an awful lot of gold Um, everywhere. And um, it
0: it had uh, air conditioning, it had um, nice suspension so that they weren't going to be rattled around too much. Electric windows, though, of course, they wouldn't use them. And um, uh, they rode uh, in-state with a big procession in front of them uh, from Buckingham Palace, past all the crowds, uh, round, past through Trafalgar Square, and down uh, Whitehall to Westminster Abbey in, in Parliament Square.
1: They took the long and route, didn't they?
0: they well, took, yeah, they it's t- kind of L I,
1: mean, I looked at the map. They could have just gone from here to here, but they went. They went all the way. I don't know if they realised that. I mean, they surely they know their own city. Is there a one way system? Why did they take such a long route?
0: I think the sat told them they ought to go that way. <laughs> Any, anyway, th- there were loads and loads of people watching, and it's a, it's the traditional route, um, and it goes okay. past some iconic places like the cenotaph and, and things like that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so then there was the ceremony. Apparently, according to Jill, who knows about these things, they arrived a bit early, and uh, and Charles got a bit grumpy as they Did- had waited the carriage for about five minutes. Yeah, Do you I saw-
2: remember when your wife was texting <clears throat> we were texting to each other weren't we because you were still on your holiday yeah um and your wife said why is he so grumpy or why is he <laughs> why does he look fed up and i hadn't been watching so i didn't know what she meant but she was quite right apparently they arrived early and they had to wait outside the um abbey because you know it wasn't time for them to go in <laughs> and charles apparently people have been lip reading what he was saying and he was really <laughs> cross and grumpy and, why does this always happen? Why are we never on time? This is so boring. <laughs> I, I,
1: I understood when he said... So exactly, uh, lip readers have been interpreting what he was saying, because we could yeah. see him through the window. And yeah. he was, you could see he was kind of like looking a bit frustrated and saying yeah. things and his body language showed that he was grumpy. And that's right. My wife texted to you and said, why is he so grumpy? And you replied, he's always grumpy. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: but uh, in that particular moment, yes, professional lip readers, people who are able to understand what people are saying just by looking at their lips... So, so Charles has not learnt from professional football managers who these days,
0: like th- these that. days
1: they, they all, all the football coaches cover their mouths when they talk to each other now because of, yeah. you know, they know that people can lip read. Um, but um, yeah, so lip readers are saying that Charles was saying, oh God, you know, no, I don't think he said, oh God, he yeah. said, no, he,
0: would have <laughs> done
1: that. No, he's, he said, do this mean- is, this is all knowing where it's, there's always a delay and this is so boring. I think when he said, this is so boring. I don't know if he meant it's this is so boring for me what he meant mm. is this is so boring for the show you know Possibly. this moment this yeah. moment in the in this big show that we're putting on this mm. is a boring moment so I think he was probably mm. getting frustrated for that reason
0: yes I think you're right and I think it also we have to be you know generous to him he was probably a bag of nerves and what they wanted it to be was an absolutely perfect ceremony and it was extremely complicated and long So um, he he wouldn't have appreciated having to wait. Anyway, once they did dismount from this fancy carriage pulled by six Windsor Grey horses, um, dressed up in special livery, um, they, uh, they went in and of course, all the guests had already arrived. There were lots and lots of people from Commonwealth countries representing different groups in the UK. All the former prime ministers were there including uh, shambling Boris Johnson, who looked like it had a heavy night. And um, they, uh, they process down the nave where all, a lot of guests are sitting. But the guests won't be able to see a lot of the actual coronation because it goes uh, under the organ loft, past a, a screen, a choir screen, through the choir area, uh, which is where, the, you know, the family are and, you know, all that. Into the crowning area, the, they called it the the coronation theatre. Big gold carpet.
2: Well, it's it's the high altar,
0: and in front of the high altar, and then there are a whole load of amazingly, uh, in my, to my mind, fatuous ceremonies. But a, a lot of it is traditional, um, and uh, this included screens coming round him at one point, so he the could screens. Be, nurse. The, quickly, the screens. He could. He had to. Uh, you know. <laughs> be disrobed from various layers of robes so that they could anoint him with this oil.
1: We Yeah, we watched him getting undressed on live television. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, people undressed him. I mean, I, I, there's going to be some people, I, I'm aware that when we talk about this in a sort of jokey kind of way, that some people will think it's disrespectful. But I mean...
2: It probably is.
1: We have, this is the great thing, we have the right to make... Fun little little jokes about the ceremony, you know. There's, there are no guns pointed to our heads. We, we're not going to be thrown in jail. I know, Mum. You've got some strong opinions we'll about it. Yeah. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. You do have some strong views about it. We'll get there. Um, but yes, he got. So sorry to interrupt you, Dad. Yes, he got disrobed. They took his clothes off and stuff. He was anointed. You said
0: yes. What, they brought some special oil all the way from Jerusalem for but this was
2: olive oil in previous. Um, Coronations—they had ambergris, which is from Wales, and they had something from civet from cats. All sorts of weird, He's stuff. these weird,
0: weird
1: stuff.
2: But, um, this because it's a modern service. Oh
1: right, it? of course. Uh, and
2: and with did a you non- see
1: his shoes? That they weren't modern.
2: <laughs> very beautiful, they were.
1: Seventeenth-century sort of yeah. style, but yeah, yeah with, very nice. Um, Golden yeah. buckles, lovely.
0: Yeah. Well, well, be honest, it was an extraordinary thing to watch. I mean, I found the, it fascinating. The, the, the whole the, thing was fascinating. Talking, it went on and on and on.
2: Talking about his clothes, the best bit, when he was being disrobed, I mean, they don't take all his clothes off. They just take all the big fancy robes off. So he's just got a white shirt underneath. Not a Marks and Spencer's type shirt. A shirt with a rough round, you know. Anyway, beautiful linen shirt. <laughs> um so that she doesn't they didn't get any of the oil on the beautiful clothes. Um and then of course when that's all over they get him dressed again and they put they put a tunic on him, a white tunic, a bit like a nighty. And then over the top of that there was a thing like a dressing gown, which was called the super tunica. Sorry, this is what? Latin. Yeah, it was the called the super, super tunica. tunica super
1: tunic like like the way superman's like yeah. like a super like an elf like a costume yeah. like a superhero I
0: think, I think the word super means over the top over the top but, it, but it's it's
1: name no, it, it, was, it just, was a bit over the top wasn't it really the whole thing was over the top anyway <laughs> well,
2: I, I mean I, I have to say it was rather wonderful it was beautiful gold you know it's a, it's a nice dressing gown i wouldn't mind having it uh but bit oh, heavy okay. no isn't it made yeah. of gold oh. Well, probably gold thread or something. Difficult to
1: put in the wash. You can't put that in the washing machine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very unpractical.
1: Mm. Anyway, the anointing, the anointing though, dad. So the olive oil, uh, we, we don't, we're not allowed to see that because it's so holy and sort of do uh, No, we don't, we don't see that. We're not allowed to see that. But what's, what do they do with the oil and why do they do things with oil? That's they have the to the kind of lubricate their head, head to let the, house, they, the to let the crown go on. They have to lubricate his, his head. <laughs> no, stop it. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. I can't help. I can't help it. Okay, I can't help making jokes. But you know, they've got a sense of humor. Prince Charles has Prince Charles. King Charles has got a sense of humor, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he liked the goons when he was younger. He liked the goons show, and he 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 he, li- he, li- he he turns up. He has comedians at his. Um, Royal variety performances and stuff. So they must have a sense of humour. And, you know, uh, uh, William cracked a couple of gags in his speech at the party, didn't he? Um,
2: No, no, didn't see it.
1: Anyway, um, so the anointing,
0: what's all that about? We don't know what happens. They probably just dab a bit on here and there.
2: It's all part of the mystery and the magic. I mean,
0: anyway, the rest of it is amazing. I mean, all these traditional items... That are presented to him and by just, various people. And he just
2: touches them and then they take them away again.
0: I mean, what did we have? We, we had, uh, what was the first one? The well, oh, ceremonial well, presentation. We had the,
2: the scepter. I've got them. Well, I know. The, here. The, the, There's a scepter with a cross, uh, which is gold, a gold rod encrusted with gems. Most a, notably the Cullen and diamond or some of it.
0: Or part of it. Yes. It's
2: huge. It's about that big.
0: That's the full... Sized diamond. And and there was the orb, of course, which represents the
2: world. Does it? I, um, I don't know what it there is. There were several
0: scepters. There were several swords. The big sword, that was fantastic. This was held by um, a woman who is an MP who is a senior member of the parliament. She holds a position there, uh, Lord something or other. And she had to hold this massive sword uh, completely impassively, for hours and hours on end. There was and a she, neck break. Oh, I mean, she, she came, came a kind of viral really. Not uh, for hours success. for um, Penny Morded.
2: She is the president of the council. Of, the president of the council. That's why she... Whatever
0: that is. But it looked um, like something out of The Lord of the Rings was or The Game of she Thrones. Had two
2: swords at Chats Canary. One was the sword of state, which represents authority. Uh, and the other was a sword... Oh, no, several... There's the sword of temporal justice, the sword of spiritual justice, uh, and the sword of mercy, which is blunted. All the others are sh-
0: <laughs> These are all presented to him and he kind of touches them, though, of course, he holds on to the Auburn scepter for a, a missed one.
2: And also the sword of offering.
0: Oh. And then okay. there's the glove. Did you <laughs> note the glove? <laughs> <laughs> It's a single gauntlet,
1: yeah, he wore one glove, glove. yeah, it's yeah, yeah,
0: and um he wears that to hold the scepter um for reasons unknown but there, there's a whole lot of ritual, it's incredible, it's only three it's times three
1: times when we ever wear when someone wears one glove, right when you're when you're taking something out of the oven, yeah. when you're playing golf and when you're getting crowned king. Those are the yeah. only times you wear I one glove, unless you've only on got fire. one hand.
0: Yeah. I went and putting fuel on the fire.
1: Fuel on the fire, putting fuel on the fire. There's another one. Um, but, um, yes, yeah, so these are all sort of symbolic things. Yes, all of these indeed. jewels and weapons and uh, the scepters, which are these metal rods that represent um, sort of the power of God and, and, well, and things like that, right?
0: And tradition. It's it's- very much so. There was also presentation of a very, very valuable book, which is in the pre, in part of the uh, Westminster Abbey collection. I think it's sixth century, um, illuminated manuscript, one of the first of its type, um, which is in their possession. And did it come from Lindisfarne? Anyway, even that was presented to him. And he, you know, it touches all these sacred objects. And and traditional things that have been used in coronations for centuries. A yeah.
1: lot of them go back centuries and centuries. They're very, very old. Uh, the 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 Stone of Destiny, which is not something from a Harry Potter story. It's real. Um, the Stone of Destiny. I understand is what. Well, who? Uh, tell me it's about a the stone do you, do you
2: know? that used to be you. It's the Stone of Schoon. Is what I used to know. How I used to know it when I was a kid. And it's a great big piece of rock and it's what the, apparently what the Scottish kings were crowned on. They sat on it um, for their coronation. And the English stole it and brought it down to London to use as their coronation stone. And the, eventually the Scots kicked up a fuss. In fact, I It was stolen. It, it was stolen. It was stolen by some just ordinary robbers once, many years ago when we were kids and
1: um robbers not like
2: robbers. <laughs> well they, were political <laughs> they robbers, weren't political uh, they weren't <laughs> knights and kings and all they that.
1: weren't in uniforms basically they
2: were just ordinary blokes okay. and uh, they took it away because i mean there were scots nationalists and they want to take it back to scotland uh but anyway oh, okay. they were found the police found them but in the process the stone got broken they dropped it oh gosh um, so it's now repaired. Anyway, they've managed to agree that it should go back up to Scotland. So most of the time it's in Scotland. Uh This stone of destiny is always, as I say, the stone of scone when I was a kid. Um But they bring it down to London ceremoniously. About two days before the coronation, there was a ceremonial taking down of the stone of scone, which is placed under the coronation chair in on its own special ledge. So he sits on the chair, which is on top of the stone.
1: Okay. Okay. These things, these things are significant only because they've been used again and again and again.
2: Well, they're significant because they're given significance. Yes. And someone decides it's significant. Yeah. It's all magical right. thinking, a lot of it.
0: And anyway, finally, he actually sat in the coronation chair. You
2: haven't said all the things he was given. Oh, go on. Let's keep given, going. Yeah. He was also given some spurs. Oh, yes. And Wait, what, what's,
1: what's, what? sorry, what are spurs? I know what they are, but my listeners might not.
2: Ah, uh, right. Spurs are horrible, sharp things that you have on the back of your boot. Um, so that when you kick your horse, when you're riding your horse, you kick with your boot, the ankle, the heel of your boot and having the spurs makes it all sharp and it makes it even more difficult for the ho- make you know makes the horse go faster but it's also very cruel no people don't use them now
0: but they are, um, they are now but, ceremonial yeah. s- they knights uh you know would wear spurs ceremonially
2: actually i think some of the um,
0: and i think they represent honor
2: some of the um yes you have to earn your spurs um some of the uh, I don't know what they were, household cavalry or one of that lot that were in the actual procession, they wear spurs, but they just they don't use them. Um,
0: and, uh, and on the way back, uh, Princess Anne, who, of course, is a Olympic uh, standard horsewoman, um, she was wearing a lot of ceremonial garb, and that included spurs. The commentators are pointing out that she had to make sure she didn't by accident <laughs> stick her spurs in the horse, but they knew that she was... Perfectly capable of avoiding that. Mm. Yes, it, they, they, a lot of the ceremonial um, uh, stuff that the, the officers were wearing included spurs, uh, pointy things on the back of their boots.
1: Okay, it but so, so he had to touch some spurs.
2: Yeah, yeah spurs. Mm-hmm. And when he was anointed, he was anointed with oil from an ampule, which was pure gold in the shape of a, some sort of mythical bird, a bit like um,
1: a phoenix or something. Yeah, yeah,
2: with its wings outstretched, and the oil comes out of the bird's mouth, and and they use the coronation spoon, which is a large gold spoon which is encrusted with pearls.
0: It's extremely old. The spoon,
2: and um, he's also given two bracelets. Oh yes, which symbolise knighthood and military leadership, um, okay. and they uh, sincerity and wisdom. There's a ring in there somewhere uh, as well. Yeah, the sovereign's ring, which is sapphire, ruby, and diamond, which symbolises kingly dignity, and so on. It goes on and on and on.
0: So, and then, and then finally, they, the Archbishop of Canterbury, you know, puts him in the coronation chair while um, Camilla looks on from the background and takes the uh, imperial crown. I think that's what it's called. Uh, no, the gold no,
2: one. no. It's the um, Saint Edward's crown. Is or the King Edward's crown? Because the there's, that... lo-
1: there's lots of different crowns.
2: There are yeah. different crowns, and but this is an enormous one. And it's the Saint Edward's he... crown, which has 444 precious stones on it, and it weighs five pounds.
1: Uh, How much is that in kilograms? Two kilos.
2: Oh, sorry. Two, two kilos. kilos.
1: Two. Mm, yeah, yeah what a that's quite heavy to have a th- it, to have on your head,
0: especially when it's quite you know, tall. Tall,
1: and and when everyone's looking at you as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once it's on his head, everybody says, "God save the king," and, and he's like and this. And, for the rest of and it. there's handles. What's its name? Zayd.
2: No, Zadok the priest was when they were anointing him.
0: Oh, that's that's
1: the mu- that's the music you're referring
0: yes, to. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes, wonderful.
2: Yes, That's the best bit of the whole thing.
1: <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I I thought the music was the was amazing, uh, especially yeah. the Welsh uh, singer.
2: Oh yeah, oh. Bryn Terfel. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah
1: incredible. And voice. there
0: was a special orchestra there playing. You know, in the build-up, lots of different music, um, and then they and then. Camilla got her crown. Um, Her crown
2: is Queen Mary's crown.
0: Again, it's a big, and um, interestingly, they had to adjust it to fit her head. So I was very interested in that. I wondered whether her head was smaller, therefore they could just put some lining in it, or whether it was bigger, in which case they'd have to do something
1: to it. So they, they had they, they had adjusted it before the ceremony. Of course, yeah, of course, of course. Of course. Of course they had. Yeah. But so they, they, they I saw it, they kind of like put it on a head and like kind of had to twist it left and right to kind of fit it snugly on, it on. and she was yeah. bothered by her hair her hair seemed yeah. to be getting yes. in the way she had to move her hair out the way and yeah. and and i mean just just looking at it made me anxious yeah. just watching yeah. those moments made me anxious and i was thinking my god imagine if it slipped and fell that would yeah. be know. just imagine that would just be i mean we talk about historic moments that would have been you know mm-hmm. that would have been something else but um Thankfully, it didn't. I mean, you know, we didn't really want to see they that. They must but... have
2: practised a fair bit, but they were both when they were wearing the, well, not her, not so much because hers was lighter, but he was very sort of like this all the way. But he didn't have to wear it from then on. He wore it for a while and then they both went into a sort of retiring room behind the altar.
1: Where they probably
2: both went, oh, God. Ugh. yeah. And oh, um, Camilla probably said, oh, give us a fag. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> give us a cigarette. So you, they probably went to the loo, actually. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, when they came back out, King Charles had taken off the coronation crown and he was wearing uh, the imperial state crown instead, which is slightly smaller.
0: Still pretty impressive. So he then... And she had a different crown as well. Did she? I thought yes. she was wearing the same no, one. No, she had a different
2: you know that for a fact?
0: No, I don't know it for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked like a. It just looks smaller.
1: No, it it looked was the same. Smaller. looked like the same it was one to me. A great big one. It was a. Well, we'll one.
2: check it, but I don't know. I didn't hear about it. <laughs> different... It's one of those occasions when you father said, Oh yes,
1: yes. Sir. Yeah, different crowns. Like, are, are no.
2: you sure? No. No. <laughs> Do you really know that? No.
0: <laughs> and then, and then of course they. They walk out of the abbey and um, get into the gold coach. The incredibly Sorry, elaborate. Sorry,
1: you mean the even more gold
0: coach? Even more yes. This one's completely the entirely gold. Entirely
2: gold coach.
0: A um, very, very old one. And this one has eight white horses. And then it's a parade back through, um, through all the crowds um, and a lot of waving.
1: But then, um, talking of waving, Charles's wave is different to the Queen's. Have, have you noticed? The Queen was famous for her wave, which was like holding her hand up with the fingers held together and sort of like rotating the hand, you know, back and forwards in a, a rotating right. wave like this. Yeah. And But Charles kind of does this, he, he kind of. Um, What's the word for it? How would you describe yeah, what he does? Fingers. He sort of, like, wiggles his fingers at the crowd like that, wingle, wiggling the fingers, and so does Camilla. They kind of do a finger-wiggling kind of wave. Mm-hmm. So iconic, an iconic wave has been uh, introduced here into the whatever. Um, okay, and they then they paraded back to Buckingham All Palace. The way back to
0: Buckingham Palace. With
2: phalanxes and phalanxes of military... I don't know. There was all
0: sorts. The the troops were. It was absolutely amazing. I the the mounted bands were at the front of this thing. Um,
2: the and army, the RAF, the marines, uh,
0: the, the... They, yeah the navy, and um, and altogether there were nine thousand troops involved in the event, with four thousand in the parade itself. Um, and they all gathered in the uh in the in the garden behind Buckingham Palace to give their own tribute to the king, which was actually very impressive in you know they're all in these great straight rows, and they all go hip hiprah hip rah, hip rah, with their with their yeah. hat and the and the the balcony scene, of course, is traditional. The king and queen come out and me- members of the working royals, so that means that harry. And Andrew Andrew. were not to be seen. And, um, And then there was a fly pass. The weather was very poor, so it was reduced, but at least the Red Arrows, the famous acrobatic team, came shooting over with red, white, and blue uh smoke. Yeah, nice they um, they
1: they used the French flag for that. That was quite uh, <laughs> interesting. Now red, white and blue, yes. They also are colors of the UK yeah. flag and the American yeah. flag and the Russian flag and the Dutch flag and the yeah. Thai flag and the Czech Republic and anyway. But um um yeah, so there was a flyover the red arrows these planes that flew over were leaving trails yeah. of
0: smoke. So, so, so that was the event. All the all the crowds were allowed to come from behind the barriers and walk all the way down the mall to form a huge crowd outside Buckingham Palace, um, you know, around what's called the Victoria Monument, a memorial or whatever it is, statue. Yeah. And um, yeah, they all, all cheered and waved and had a good time. Um <coughs> so this all took how long? From the beginning, when they left Buckingham Palace to head for uh the Abbey.
2: That was about ten o'clock. Ten,
0: then. Yeah until the waving on the balcony it must have been about, about two o'clock probably you
2: no know,
0: for five hours anyway four um hours. quite a long event uh, and of course it rained which is a bit of a shame because the next day was lovely uh, and the the what happened the next day was this big concert in the grounds of windsor castle with lots of stars and spectacular scenes and um, it, it was, you know, said to be, um, demonstrating, uh, our commitment to music and the arts and huh. everything. It wasn't just pop music. There were other things.
1: What, what, uh, why did you
2: today, go hurt, Mum? Because the government has cut off a huge amount of our arts funding. And
1: today, Dad, you, you uh, were going to say through.
0: today, uh, it's street parties, and uh, volunteering. So the king has made it known that he wanted uh, this day to um, uh, honor or recognize no, to encourage, volunteering encourage and encourage volunteering. it. Yes, it's called I mean, the big help out.
2: It's extraordinary. Out. I think this country's run by volunteers anyway, as it is. Yeah. And, and is the, the big
1: help out. So it's like, he couldn't have just sold off a few of those diamonds to maybe contribute to the... No, 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 no. no, 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 no. We've, we've got to volunteer. We've got to volunteer and do it all for free. Okay.
0: So the question is whether whether the nation was united in joy behind this great event or whether it wasn't.
1: And was the nation united in joy behind this great event or was it not? We don't None? know,
2: really. We don't know, do we? Do some we things, some we things
0: we do know. Um, that in in Scotland, which, of course, has a strong independence movement. In Wales. Uh, not as strong in Wales, but in, in Wales. Scotland it is. Mm-hmm. There were thousands of people demonstrating in Glasgow and some in Edinburgh. Thousands marched in Glasgow in favour of Scottish independence and saying, not our king. This is what a lot of placards say. Not my king. Not my king. They say so a few other things as well. Some of them not very complimentary, like you can stick your crown up your,
1: whatever. yeah.
0: But there's a there's a definitely a big division of opinion in Scotland. I mean, some people were very happy to uh, to you know have their celebrations, but it wasn't quite uh, universal in Wales. Similar, um, the the independence movement in Wales is much smaller and more muted, but. Um, There are still demonstrations there. Uh, Northern Ireland, of course, is is deeply divided. There is a loyalist Protestant section of the community and a Republican section of the community.
1: And then all the other people in the middle who just want to be normal, right?
2: (laughs) Yes. A lot of people just want to party.
0: Yeah. A lot of (coughs) people want to party. Anyway, in the loyalist areas of Northern Ireland, there were big parties and lots of, you know, red, white, and blue and all that stuff. Uh, but in the Republican areas, uh, not, nothing at all. Um, in England, I think that we, we've got some opinion surveys taken just before the coronation, which are quite interesting in themselves. Um, it is 70 years since the last coronation. And a huge amount has changed in society in 70 years. I mean, massive amount. And, um, you know, I'm old enough to vaguely remember Elizabeth's coronation, uh, going round to a neighbour's house where they had a TV and seeing these flickering images on a black and white TV set. Um, and at that time, you know, everybody was into the coronation. There was no thought of any protest. Well, the about world it. was different then. The world was completely different. It
2: was just we'd not long been out of the war. We were still in rationing, I think. Yes, we were. And um she was young. She was, what was she, 23, three. something like this that? This is
1: 1952 you're talking about. 53 yeah. three was when 53, the coronation. Uh, yes, 53, uh, the coronation, okay.
2: And she was young. She was beautiful. She was, you know, she was a symbol of hope and, you know, the future and all the rest of it. Yeah. She had no history. Nobody knew anything about her. Whereas now, you know, we've got this king who's 74, And has had the most colourful history, really. You know, his first wife, he divorced, having cheated on her for years uh, with the person who's now queen. And, um, you know, all sorts of scandals, really, have attached to him in in various ways. And he's old and he's curmudgeonly and he's grumpy. And he (laughs) can't possibly be a symbol of hope for the future, the way the queen was. So it's it's strange it's just different
0: um he is the oldest monarch ever to be crowned
2: ever um not only in this country in in the world yeah Yeah, i think so hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with
0: keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care. is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Gosh. As I said, there were some opinion surveys done by big polling uh, organizations. So just a quick summary. Um, this was done just before the coronation. Um, 62% want the monarchy to continue. So nearly two out of three mm-hmm. uh, want the monarchy to continue. 25% want an elected head of state, one in four, and the others are don't knows. But If you look at the breakdown of the age groups, 18 to 24 year olds, 41% want an elected head of state. And only 31% want the monarchy to continue. So there's quite a clear majority for those who think that there should be an elected head of state and the monarchy should be ended between the 18 to 24 year olds. And in the other age categories, the older you get, the more support you get for the monarchy. Um, But it is obviously something that the institution must worry about, that uh, the younger people are much less keen on continuing with what is obviously an illogical way of having a head of state. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's just massive tradition. Uh, And amongst the royals of popularity, William is the most popular. Um, and uh, Charles comes in, I think, about number four.
1: And Kate is very popular as well, of
0: course. Yes, Kate is popular too. So obviously, you know, they, they will say, well, they are the future, and they're already being very prominent, and they're obviously doing lots of functions, and they're being very informal and all that kind of thing. So even though Charles represents in many ways the past of the tradition, I think that the... The palace institution will probably look to William and Kate to be the new face of the royals.
1: And if younger generations are less enthusiastic about the monarchy, the monarchy is probably going to change in order to survive, right? Because that's what it does. That's what it's always done. And that means it'll probably try to find a way to be more acceptable to everyone. I wonder what that change will look like.
2: Well, Charles said that he was in favour of, you know, thinning down, only having a small number of working royals so that fewer members of the family are paid for, um, which I think is the way to do it, really. I think they should thin it right down to probably only the king and queen.
1: Because a lot of the the issue that people have with it is that there's a lot of wealth involved and a lot of people, you know, being paid for by the taxpayer. And if that is kind of slimmed down uh, and it's less costly and less sort of, um, what's the word for it? Um, Yeah, less showy.
2: Well, yes. I mean, that was one thing about the the coronation, that it was flaunting all this wealth, all these jewels, all this gold through the streets of London, where there are people living who have nothing, have practically nothing, or are really in trouble. You know, they can't afford anywhere to live. They can't afford much food, you know, all that stuff. And it's it's just not right that they should do that. They should flaunt all this stuff in front of people who are really struggling.
1: Yeah, it's two things. We're in the middle of a, a really serious cost of living crisis in which lots of people are facing, you know, really difficult times because they can't afford to heat their homes and pay the bills and stuff. And there, and there are all these incredibly valuable gold and diamond-encrusted objects being put on display. And we don't really even know why exactly. Um, There's that, which sort of seems a bit distasteful or inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, where do those jewels... And that, where does that gold come from? Now, some of it does come from the United Kingdom, like there's gold in Wales and stuff like that. Yeah, but- but a
2: lot of this stuff is, as you're alluding to, I think, was taken during the empire. But in fact, there's another, the Cullinan, Cullinan diamond was from South Africa. And that was taken, you know, because we were, it was part of our empire and we, somebody found it. We said, oh, right, we'll have that. <laughs> yeah. And we took it away. And um, same thing happened in India, the Kohinoor diamond which I think it used to be in one of the um, crown jewels, I forget which, I think maybe it was one of the scepters. Anyway, they don't use that anymore because it's so controversial and India wants it back.
1: Yeah, these very valuable things, yeah, as you say, were taken. Now, the circumstances in which they were taken... Not entirely sure some of them may have just been taken claimed yeah. there may have been some sort of negotiation maybe it was like well you know uh, oh very nice shiny stones you've got um uh, how about ten bags of rice uh, okay
0: within yeah, but but in the empire we were we were running the countries we were actually in charge of the countries you know yeah. the governors were the governors, and if they found a valuable diamond there was no question that they would ship it off to london and say how about this one then i mean there was no argument the the times have changed enormously and there is a republican movement there 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 are protesters people who you know want to show that they are against the monarchy it is as you alluded to it is incredibly wealthy family i mean staggeringly wealthy they have huge land property uh, their art collection, you know, is, is worth a, a lot. Apparently, yeah. the Queen owns about uh, 30 million pounds worth of horses.
2: Well, she did. They're selling quite a lot of them, apparently. <laughs> yes. And so
0: so who's, who do these things belong to? Do they belong to them or do they belong to the state? Well, it appears it belongs to their family. And the, the um, uh, interesting thing about the costs is that nobody is quite sure how much is going to cost the taxpayer the coronation itself never mind the ongoing assistance to the expenses of the royals and there is some uh and they have tax breaks um in order to perform their duties um the the uh the estimate in the papers for how much it's costing the taxpayer the coronation is 250 million pounds which is quite a lot of millions of pounds and of course you know how how that's broken down is impossible to say it's but the, taken but the military the, the military probably have to submit quite a bill um it'll cost them an awful lot
1: i mean the argument the argument is that you know, it's a feel good moment for the country and, you know, you can't put a price on it and stuff like that. But on the other hand, the NHS, the National Health Service, is really badly struggling. There's lots of people who are sick, old yeah. people, uh, you know, children who are sick and they desperately need health care and they need money to fund it. And
2: point would, would be much more of a feel good fact.
1: Yeah, but yeah, it's very hard to get a doctor's appointment if you, if you fall over and hurt yourself. You have to wait a long time for an ambulance to come because, you know, there aren't enough ambulances or drivers. The, the National Health Service is really badly in need of, of um, wow. financial help.
2: And another thing, <laughs> um, the government has brought forward this bill which says that you cannot protest about something on the streets. If you're going to cause, if you're going to cause, uh, you know. Disruption. You go, yeah. Um, and that they will stop you, The police will stop you. And the police, before the coronation, said, we won't put up with any kind of disruption. If anything happens, we will, you know, we'll deal with it very harshly. And They, they announced
1: it in a way that was, you know, it could have been interpreted as a threat.
0: It didn't throw them in jail, but they well, detained them for hours on end until the event was over.
2: Is and they, it, weren't, it, it, they weren't even protesting. They had some banners which they were going to use um, and they were ruffle, down loading them off a lorry in Trafalgar Square, I think it was, and the police saw this and they just went up and arrested them all, put them in handcuffs um, and took them away.
1: Before they had done anything. Yeah. Before they'd actually done anything, yeah. yeah.
2: And apparently some people managed to get into the crowd, I think another group of people, with some placards and banners and things, and they were holding them up during the procession. And the police went in with um uh barriers. Screens. Screens to put in front of them so nobody could see them.
0: It's, um, you can understand it. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can understand that they would say uh there's going to be millions and millions and millions of people watching this on TV uh, around the world Um and uh, we want it to go really, really well. And there are thousands and thousands of people coming to uh London, stand in the rain for hours on end because they want to cheer and and wave. And they don't want that experience to be spoiled by a few people chanting or waving placards in their faces. And so they took just took the decision that, that they're not gonna have any disruption. There will be no disruption, this will go smoothly and brilliantly which in fact it did but the problem is that they've they've got a law which is substantially undemocratic in that the police have the power to arrest someone if they think they might cause disruption so it's a tricky one
1: and something like an event like this a very high profile, extraordinary unique event like this they bring the laws in sort of under the cover of this event and then the laws stay in place so that if someone wants to, for example, protest against um, any other law that the government chooses to implement, for example, uh, laws uh, against green energy or laws, you know, like environmental um, decisions by the government. If people come in to protest uh, that or to, you know, um, make statements about the environment or any other issue that the police then have the power to round them up and arrest them and take it's them brutal. away.
2: I mean, we've always had the freedom of, you know, protest. Um, and now we're, we're very similar to Russia. You're not allowed to say that you don't agree Get with something. Getting there. Getting there. Oh, We're definitely getting there. And it got to the point, what was it people were protesting about a few months ago? It, it ended up with the protesters holding up blank pieces of paper. Right. Because it's obviously obvious that they were protesting. But the blank piece of paper didn't say anything. Um, it was a symbolic, if you like, protest, but- a bit like everything else this weekend. That's it's very clever because it demonstrates to people um, the ridiculousness of the whole thing. That You know, you don't have to be actually saying anything. You just have to be there holding something so that people know that you're not happy. But you're not actually making a noise or protesting or you're just holding this piece of paper. And they, they are so, I mean, the thing that gets me is how, how unsure of his position is the king if he is happy for any kind of dissent to be stamped on like that? I mean, doesn't he feel bad about it?
0: I don't, don't think, I don't feel as strongly as Jill about what happened on Saturday. Um, I do think it's a dangerous precedent, but um, I think the authorities were in a very difficult position. If if people had started chanting and making a, a noise in that crowd, they probably would have caused a riot. Uh and um it it uh, was a, a handful of people really. They you don't they, know that. They they you arrested fifty two people or probably a few hundred people who'd come there to say we don't want monarchy. Exactly. But that you know, you've got to balance that against the thousands and thousands who came there to cheer. Uh, it's a very difficult situation. You can argue that you can't wait till they start shouting and then arrest them, um, because, you know, they've done it. Uh, so on this particular occasion, I think that it was a difficult call to say we, we don't want anything disrupting this event. But the precedent is terrible. And I think that they, the, what I would like to see is that this little law that was rushed through which is the one that says if the police suspect something they can arrest people i think that should be repealed if um i think if the labor government win the next election which is probably next year i wouldn't be at all surprised if they do repeal I it
2: i sincerely hope they will
0: let's hope so right yes yeah i think it's a danger yeah issue. anyway there you are we we've had the coronation but the yeah. the debate goes on
2: yeah yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. i don't know
0: I don't know what do we we compare our royal family with other European royal families. I mean, they're all they're all interlinked, of course, uh, and there's a lot of them. But all the others have have modernised quite quite a lot, and they've slimmed down, and they are much less formal, and they don't have I mean, mo- most of this stuff. The closest you get to it is the presidential stuff in France, yeah. where um, you know they have big ceremony. Uh, for the president of of France.
1: On the 14th of July in France, every year there's a huge military uh, procession which marches through the centre of the city and a lot of those roads are completely closed off and stuff. And uh, lots of soldiers with weapons and stuff and the president's there standing watching it. (laughs) And Donald Trump, when he came, he's like, you know, this is fantastic. I want to have the same thing. You know, he wanted to have (laughs) the same thing when he got back home, you know. uh, uh, And... uh, Uh, They do a fly past as well with all these military planes flying over the city one after the other. So, yeah, it happens in republics as well, as we know. But
0: in in the other European countries with with royal families like Spain and uh, the Scandinavian countries, uh, uh, Netherlands, um, they have a, a much less ceremonial presence uh, and they're much less formal and they don't, they you know, they mingle with people at all sorts of events very casually.
2: And they don't flaunt all their jewels in front of everyone. So it's not really a question of should we have a
1: royal family or not, which is a very sort of um, binary kind of question, right? Um instead it's more kind of like well if we have one what what do we want it to be like and how do we want it to operate and what do we want it to you know to, to show to everyone mm, you know not it's sure. not just simply should we have them or should we cut their heads off mm. you know no one's talking about that instead it's a question of should they be should it be reformed or changed in some way yeah. or I'm should sure it be completely right. or should it be replaced completely with a republic but that's as we've said many times before that brings its own problems to would we want to have president boris johnson for example
0: i, I agree with you entirely Robert. yes it, if you did a survey here in 10 years time i'm sure people would still want to keep the monarchy but it's a question of you know what type as you say what style and the alternative is, is a big issue. You know, if you decided you didn't want the monarchy, what would you do? And you'd have an elected president like everybody else does. And it brings politics into the head of state. The head of state is suddenly a political person. The only country I can think of which managed to avoid that is Ireland, where they they, they tend to have a non-political president as much as that's possible. Uh, but uh, in other countries, the tension between the powers of the president and the powers of the parliament often cause loads and loads of problems, and I and I do think that uh, you, in logic you would say well the royal family is not not democratic nobody voted for them, um, but if you do vote for people you suddenly divide the country between who supports the president and who doesn't
1: yeah if you if you get if you get a situation where uh, one president gets you know
0: Oh, anyway. One of the changes, of course, is that Queen Elizabeth was a unifying force. Charles is much more divisive because of the way uh, the, the society has changed so dramatically, and uh, people are asking logical questions. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I think what you were saying is right. The prediction is that they'll have to adjust what they do um, and their style quite a lot to retain the support of majority of people.
1: Just, I was going to say two things about um, having a president. One of them is the idea that uh, power corrupts, right? So there's like a, you know, the idea of having a a, a democratically elected president isn't always as brilliant as it sounds, because elections can be rigged. Yeah. And the, mm. the, the electoral process can be um, interfered with. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, let's not go into all of that no. right now, but you, you know, that's true. And um, yeah, that's it. It's just power corrupts, uh, power corrupts, and, and, and elections are, sometimes are not fair. Mm. Well, um, okay.
0: Yeah. Sometimes the, I don't know about technically um, unfair, uh, but the campaigning can be unfair um which is a another issue altogether and there
2: can be interference
0: there can be interference i think that people hold up democracy and say it's not democratic it's not democratic well democracy is not perfect i mean it is faulty um for in all sorts of ways um in this country we still have a parliament elected on what's called the first past the post system which means that whoever gets the most votes in a constituency goes to Parliament. But that person can be elected with, say, 32% of the vote. Yeah. And all the other votes are split between everybody else. Um, so you're getting the person who is least disliked. Uh, yeah. And the, yeah. the other thing, of course, is that in America they, they elect judges. That politicizes the courts. I mean, it, it is essential in a democracy that you have independent judges. And you have an independent civil service, and in my view, independent mass media. But that's another question. Uh, I mean, the democracy. Who you know? Who who voted for for that judge? Who voted for that newspaper editor? Why can they say these things? It doesn't work. Simply that um, you know yeah. you can't you can't have democracy filtering its way all the way down through society. It just doesn't work. It becomes divisive. Very divisive so yeah. the notion of this ludicrous idea that you know there's this bloodline going back thousands of years and they are the heads of state it works pretty well if they don't have any power if they're just <laughs> ceremonial
2: well and I, they put uh, on a show uh-huh. I don't know. Not- it all
1: depends on whether you think that it, it, you know, it depends on how you define it works very well, doesn't it? You know, yes. uh, we could keep debating this for ages, uh, but all throughout the coronation ceremony, I kept thinking of that Monty Python uh, sketch that I love so much, the constitutional peasants, where yeah. King Arthur is riding across a field and he's trying to find Camelot Castle. I am your king! And he, yeah, he comes across a couple of peasants who are collecting mud in a field and he shouts to one of them, old woman. And the, the peasant goes, man. And <laughs> King Arthur's like, um, <laughs> uh, and he's like, old man. And he says, I'm, I'm 38 years old. <laughs> and he says, well, you know, I didn't know. And King Arthur says, I didn't know how old you were. I couldn't tell from the back. And he's like, we well, didn't bother to find out, did you? But it's Michael it, you know, Palin, it, isn't yeah, it's yeah, it goes on and on and on. And then, you know, um, the peasant meets his, his wife or whatever. And she says, Oh, uh, 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 um, who are you? And he says, I am Arthur King of the Britons. And she says, who are the Britons? And he goes, well, we are, we're all Britons and I am your King. And she says, and how'd you become King? I didn't vote for you. And he says, well, you don't, you know, um, (laughs) he says how would you become king i didn't vote for you and then he starts talking about the the this sort of spiritual way in which he's been you know given the the uh, divine rights to become the king the lady of the lake her you know her arm um Dressed in glistening samite, raised her hand uh, with this Isca- Excalibur, the sword, uh, you know, indicating by divine providence that I, Arthur, should be your king. And then, yeah, Michael Palin's character says, "Strange women lying in." hons distributing swords is no basis for the system of government supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses not from not from some farcical <laughs> aquatic right. not from some farcical aquatic ceremony and it goes on and on and on so yeah it's very good yes it's a very funny uh, sketch and it's very good at it it does sort of highlight the ridiculousness yeah. of it but also the sort of majesty of it because Michael Palin's peasant who goes on to explain that he's an anarch- he's an, an anarcho- anarchist. Yeah. He's an anarcho-syndicalist. It's a yeah. form of and you know sort of communism or anarchism, I'm mm. not sure. Um that system he goes on to explain the process. Well, we don't have leaders; we have um, executive officers who are voted on on bi-monthly meetings, and that decision is then ratified by a group of executives. You know, and and that's boring and complicated and bureaucratic. Whereas Arthur's version is actually kind of wonderful. You know, that this <laughs> this the, a, a, a spirit. You know, this sort of um, angel that of nature. Um, sort of gives him a sword, this magical thing. And it's, you know, that's kind of wonderful, really. <laughs> um, so I don't know, really. I don't know where I stand on it all. Mm. Um, but thanks for talking to me and the audience all about this.
2: Well, I think we've probably gone on, rather.
1: We probably have. You know, I've, I, I, there's a, I have a running joke on this podcast, which is that people, you know, I wonder... How my audience are at this point, and I'm sure that some of them are skeletons with yeah. headphones on at this point. They're just <laughs> they're perished,
2: just sitting with their head on the desk,
1: S- hitting with their forehead on the <laughs> desk. I don't know, listeners. Let us know if you are, yeah, you know, if you're still alive and you're still enjoying the, the conversation. Conversation at this point, then let us know in the comment section. I hope that you are. Other people, if they checked out before, that's their that's their choice, isn't it? You know, it's a free it country. It's a free world. Let's land.
2: It
0: would be interesting yeah. to know if they watched the coronation on the TV or at least some of it, what they thought of
2: it. And whether they violently disagree with our rather cynical views.
1: <laughs> some of them will. Some of them will be shocked if they actually understand what we're saying. Some of them will yeah. be shocked. Well, I'm that...
2: sorry. I, I hope we don't shock. We don't mean to shock people, but this is the way we feel about things. We're not yeah. the only
1: ones. And my, my making jokes about it all is just, a, a, a yeah. I don't know. It's just a way of, of dealing with it. You know, I can't help being humorous and it's okay. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, and again, that's our right, isn't it? It's our right. Yeah. Yes, that's, absolutely. that's that's, a, that's a, in a way a celebration of the whole system. Yeah. To right. to kind of make little jokes about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, thank you. Have all a nice right. evening.
2: Yes, Andrew. All right. Nice
1: to see you, Luke. You too. All right. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. A royal wave. A royal wave. <laughs> Okay, listeners, so that was my mum and dad. Thanks again to them for taking part in this episode. And everyone, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Well done for listening all the way through to this point. I've said before, maybe I don't need to congratulate you. For some of you, it's a reward in itself, isn't it? Um, But uh, nevertheless, maybe I'm talking to the people who perhaps struggle to understand this kind of fast, natural speech. Um, I've, I've explained it many times, my justifications for doing that. Why do, do I need to justify presenting you with authentic conversations like this? No, I don't. But there's always this little voice in the back of my head, maybe the voice of one of my CELTA or DELTA instructors, one of my teacher trainers from back in the days when I was training to be a teacher or getting you know higher qualifications in teaching. There's that little voice at the back of my head telling me to grade my English, thinking, what level is it for? You've got to grade your English. All the methodology in my mind, and my years of teaching classes of students, and so many of them were at an intermediate level, or, or below, and just so many of the interactions I've had with learners of English over the years have shown me that uh, it's very difficult for people to understand normal, natural speech, and people often don't understand anything. It seems. <laughs> I don't mean anything. People understand a lot, but I would just play, for example, a recording of people talking, maybe a, a, a section of an interview in an English lesson, and people would be completely lost. And that includes students at a, an intermediate or even an upper intermediate level. I, I know that. I know that the majority of learners of English in the world wouldn't really be able to follow the conversation that you've just heard. And maybe you're included in that list. Maybe you didn't really understand everything you heard just then, but you're still listening. And that's the good thing. That's the main thing. Uh, I honestly believe that, that you should continue and keep listening, even if it's difficult, because uh, with more and more time and practice, you will start to understand more and more and more. And that is the right thing to be doing. Uh, so, you know, give yourself a pat on the back for listening all the way through. Again, maybe th- if you if you don't need a pat, if you didn't need that encouragement, if you just enjoyed it, then that's great as well. Um, but there you go. As ever, I'm always interested in what you think at this point. What are your thoughts? Do you have thoughts? I hope so. I hope there are things happening in your mind at this point and you're not a skeleton. Uh, let us know in the comments section. Give us your thoughts and stuff. Um, I'm curious to know what you think. Uh, okay. What, what you know Out there in the world, when you look at the UK and you look at the ceremony that happened, look, to, look at all the sort of these weird ceremonial objects and the costumes all the marching in the streets and you see all of these british people waving their flags and you see people dressed in union jack clothing like there's there's always on the news you always see someone with a union jack hat on a union jack a three piece suit a union jack glasses waving a union jack you see all these sort of uh, enthusiastic royal supporters, and you could be forgiven for believing that every single person in the country is like that, that we're all just, uh, just waving our Union Jack flags and just adoring the royal family all the time. I would forgive you if you believed that, because that seems to be the image that is given, right? That's what you see. What you don't see is lots of people sitting at home not really watching it, or people sitting at home sort of joking about it and looking at it with a sense of humour, or other people sitting there really disagreeing with it, not watching it, you get a slightly, um, maybe a slightly better sense of public opinion when you go on social media like Twitter, and you you, you look through the replies, um, you know, of British people to things like news stories published by uh, you know the BBC or something and you see people replying with critical statements people saying they don't like it or people making fun of it and stuff like that you know there's 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 lots of different opinions out there we don't all think it's wonderful a lot of people are quite cynical about it or lots of people are quite humorous about it and stuff like that so you know i wonder i wonder what version of things you get in your country. And I wonder if um, that image um, is the same as the image that's been presented to you in this episode of of the podcast. Let us know by leaving your comments in the comments section. Okay, All right. Good. So, yeah, it's it's as I'm recording this, it's the 9th of May. I'm going to publish this on on the 10th of May, Wednesday, the 10th of May. That's tomorrow. That's when I'm going to publish this but um, I'm still stuck in a time loop. I've been saying that recently at the beginning of episodes. I say that I've been saying that. I think what's what's going to happen is you will hear me saying that over the next few episodes. You, if you listen all the way through to the end and listen to me rambling a bit at the end of episodes like this, you'll hear me saying that. But just to explain, um, yeah, so it's May. It's the beginning of May now, right? I'll be publishing... So so where you are now is that the episode before this that was the that was the third part of that chat GPT series and by the way people have been writing to me to tell me, oh, yeah, chat GPT-4 is the big thing now. And by the way, there are extensions that you can get that allow you to um, use uh, your voice. You can actually speak to chat GPT now and it will speak to you. You can do text to voice and voice to text and stuff like that. So you can actually speak to chat GPT now. So it does include speaking practice. So people have been you know, informing me of that. And people also have been saying, what about Microsoft uh, Bing uh, AI? What about you didn't talk about that? Yeah, that's because the, I recorded those Chat GPT episodes um, at the beginning of March. And that's before those speaking extensions had been uh, published and before ChatGPT4 came out. And that's before um, Bing AI was launched, I believe. So I wasn't really aware of those things at the time that I recorded the ChatGPT episodes. But any, in any case, the response to those three episodes has been good. Part one was a huge success in terms of... Um, listener numbers. uh, That's for sure. And the podcast is doing really well. But I am but I am in a time loop. So just to put just to give you some context, it's May the 9th. I'm going to publish this tomorrow, May the 10th. Okay. And so you're, you're listening to it. Hello. And then the next episode, I'm going to be recording that one tomorrow. So tomorrow morning, I've got an interview with someone and I'm going to publish that as the next episode, which will be episode two hundred th- uh, not two hundred eight hundred and twenty five. Right. That'll be the next one after this. And then with episode eight hundred and twenty six, we're going to go back to uh, March again and back to the other episodes I've got in my queue in my big line of episodes, my my pipeline of episodes. This is why I'm confused by the by by everything <laughs> because it doesn't matter, does it? No, it doesn't matter. Okay. But anyway, I hope you enjoy the episodes that are coming up, the ones that I recorded in March and then uh, in April. Those are the ones that are going to come soon, and hopefully nothing else is going to come up that requires me to record and then publish immediately. Right? And I can just let the episodes publish one by one in chronological order from now on. And then I won't be so confused. Hopefully you're not confused. You don't mind, do you? You're probably like, it doesn't matter. Luke. I don't really care when you recorded the episodes. They're new to us. And that's all that matters. Okay. Yeah, good. All right. Well, fine. I don't need to worry about it then. Yes, beginning of May. Uh, you know, my wife's having a baby, second child, our second child. Uh, that is due to happen. The child is due to be born at the very beginning of July. So we are approaching the drop zone now, okay? Uh, what do I? What's the drop zone? I mean, the period when the birth could actually happen. Some people call it the drop zone. And because, you know babies don't always arrive on the date they're supposed to arrive. The baby might be late, the baby might be early. I mean, this is the second child. It's not uncommon for the second child to arrive a little bit earlier, or at least not to be as late as the first one. So I expect that, if anything, child two will will arrive before uh, the due date rather than after. So it's really just a few weeks away. Obviously, I've got the rest of probably about three weeks in May. And then I think we're about four weeks away from the drop zone at this point. So we're just getting everything ready. I'll be talking about that stuff again uh, in upcoming episodes, I think. When I ramble at the end of the episodes, you'll hear me talking about our preparations and things like that sometimes. Uh, But, oh, yeah, getting ready. Oh, it's exciting. Exciting times. Can't wait to see... This little boy. I hope everything goes well. I hope the birth is uncomplicated and straightforward, and everything. Everyone's healthy. I hope my, you know, the baby and my wife both um, are fit and healthy, and all the rest of it. But uh, I'm very curious to see what this little boy is going to be like. What's he going to look like? What colour will his eyes be? You know, what's he going to look like? I can't. I can't wait. It's 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 crazy. Obviously, I'm a bit nervous about the birth but also about you know all the rest of it you know it's quite intense and it requires a lot of time and attention I hope I'll be able to sleep maybe um, maybe I'll be really sleep deprived you'll you know when you listen to episodes um, that are gonna come after the birth of the child maybe I'll be uh, you're listening to what what what's the name of this podcast? who am I what You're listening to you're listening to a thing. Is anyone? uh, Am I listening to? I am listening to myself. And (sighs) you know, it might be like that. Who knows? I might be completely confused and sleep deprived. But we will see. It was okay with the first one with child one. Uh, It was all right. I managed to continue podcasting. In fact, sometimes I was recording episodes with the baby uh, in in a in a little sort of, uh, cot thing next to, next to me. And, um, so that was all right. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now. Um, but, uh, there you go. All right. Okay. So yes, I will let you get back to your normal life. Thank you so much for listening. Okay. Have a lovely, lovely evening. Oh, by the way, I should say premium subscribers. Did you notice, um, on Monday, that's yesterday. Uh, Yesterday morning, Monday the 8th, I published P48 Parts 1 and 2. Okay, P48 Parts 1 and 2 got published yesterday, so they are available. Just in case you didn't know, just just in case you hadn't noticed, they are there for you, ready for you right now. And I hope that you have added Luke's English Podcast Premium to a podcast app on your phone, right? If you don't know how to do that, go to my website. TeacherLuke.co.uk/slash/premium-info. Premium info—that's where you go to get all of the info about how to use Luke's English Podcast Premium properly. And if you go there, you will learn how to add Luke's English Podcast Premium to a podcast app on your phone. I recommend PocketCasts because it's a good app, and also it allows you to search for episodes in your podcast uh, list. So if you find your um. Luke's English Podcast Premium Subscription in Pocket Casts, you'll see a search bar and then you can search, for example, P48 and it will show you those episodes or P20 and it will show you those episodes or whatever, you know, whichever premium episode you're looking for. You just type in the premium number, the, the title of the episode, the code and Pocket Casts will show you uh, exactly where it is and then you'll be able to just listen to it really easily. You can download the episode in Pocket Casts and listen to it offline and all the rest of it. Okay. Uh, there are video versions as well. You get the links for the videos and the PDFs in the show notes uh, in your podcast app of choice that you have used to subscribe to Luke's English Podcast Premium. It all seems unnecessarily complicated, but it's not. It's just somehow difficult to explain. Uh, But go to my website and it'll it'll show you exactly what you need to do. But anyway, P48, it's another story time episode. And that one is a story that appeared in episode, what was it? 807, I think. The one with Jon Stewart, the musician, the pop star and uh, academic university lecturer. And um, basically, it's a it's a version of his anecdote that he told about the time that he had an encounter with John Lennon's piano and what happened. And it's a story that involves John Stewart, John Lennon, George Michael, the English pop star and this piano. And it's a it's a great little story. And so I've made uh, some English learning uh, resources out of it including the usual grammar, vocabulary, pronunciation exercises. So check out P48. It's available now. If you aren't subscribed to LEP Premium, then, you know, you could do that if you want. That's how you get access to those extra episodes. And you can do it by going to teachaluke.co.uk slash premium. Okay, All right, then. Thank you so much for listening. I will speak to you again in the next part. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Hmm.